Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, last time I was here offering a homily away from the ambo, just standing here, I was reviewing that video, and I noticed that as I stand here, if you're watching, oh, they have the camera over there, you're so sneaky, that if you get this straight-ahead camera shot, go ahead, it's all right, I have the bouquet right above my head. <laughs> just like Carmen Miranda. <laughs> if you don't know who Carmen Miranda is. <laughs> If you don't know who Carmen Miranda is, you can look her up on the internet. She was awesome in the 30s. That's almost 100 years ago, people. Anyhow, so I'm going to move over here. <laughs> question for you, and I would like you to ask this question and let it kind of steep through the rest of the homily. Who is humble in your life? Now, who, in the, who in your world, who in your life do you think, what's that person's name? Don't say it out loud. Who's humble in your life? Another question might be, are you humble? Now the problem is if you say yes to that question, right? Do you see their problem with that? It's kind of a catch-22, right? Maybe when you were getting a job, you had to write a resume. I would imagine that would be very difficult, possibly, for a humble person. Possibly. See, you're not to brag about yourself, because that would be arrogance, right? Part of being humble is telling the truth. The truth about yourself. And if you're a politician, that might be very difficult, right? If you put on your resume things that you didn't do or colleges didn't go to, that would be very difficult for you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about really about that, but I hear there was some news story recently in that regard. See, being humble, though, is not belittling yourself. It's not speaking untruth about yourself, right? Not lying about ourself. Because that might actually be arrogance in disguise or false humility. Come on over here now. <laughs> humility is not weakness nor cowardice. It actually takes strength to be able to talk about yourself, right, in an interview and tell the truth. Here's an example. Tom Brady, you all know who that is, right? And if you were to interview him and you said, tell me about your, your accomplishments, he would say, I've been in 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. Would that be arrogance? Technically, objectively, it wouldn't be. That is the facts of the case, and it kind of blows my mind, right? Who in the world would then transfer from that team to another team, like the Buccaneers, and then walk in and, and, make, and win another Super Bowl? What? But it's all how we do it then, isn't it? So we could be very snarky about it, and we turn humility into arrogance. So what is humility? Humility is attached to the word humus in Latin. Not that I'm a Latin expert. I had to do my homework. But that's also things like the ground. The word humus is another word for the ground. And when we are being humble, we do things like today. We walk in, we bowed before the altar because that's the sign, the, the sign of Christ and his sacrifice. We are humbling ourselves, making ourselves low. And this is important to know this. So in our 
with our Jewish brothers and sisters, when they go to uh, synagogue, or I went to Israel, and I, there's a, they're called the Western Wall. Sometimes they call it the Wailing Wall. You can't approach it unless you have either a, uh, a yarmulke on your head or some kind of head covering. And I asked the gentleman, what's that about? And he basically was saying that this headgear, my yarmulke, is a sign of how far I go. This is the limit of my knowledge, my power, and my greatness. And above that, of course, is God who's all-powerful, all-knowledgeable, etc. So, interesting, huh? What a sign. That this is a sign of humility and a limitation on himself. So today, Jesus gave us in the gospel images of salt and light, which are intended to give us a what we're supposed to do in our world and how to do it. What, what's that about? So, the examples, for example, salt of itself is a preservative. It preserves food. But it doesn't have a benefit for itself. No one gets a pile and just puts salt on a table and starts eating salt, right? It's not meant to be a food in itself. But it gives itself a way to make food better, more tasty. Like my eggs this morning were more tasteful. They tasted more like eggs, like I know them. Maybe uh, you put maybe salt on vegetables and they actually have taste. Or if you already like vegetables, then they're tastier. And then there's bacon. Like, come on, right? Bacon. What else can I say? Someone said last night, more bacon. Light. Light, other than its source, can't be seen unless it is reflecting off something. It's in service, in a way. This this particle, this wavelength, this thing of nature that God has created is intended to be for something else. And the brighter the light, the more vibrant that what we see. Colors are more vibrant. And it's only because of light that we know our place in the universe. If we use telescopes, we can see that there's, well, you don't need a telescope. On a dark night outside of the metro area, you can see the actual arms of the galaxy and you can know that you're in a galaxy. And if you're really careful, you can see Andromeda, which is the furthest galaxy possible with the blind eye. It's 2.1 million light years away. It tells us something. With the science that we know, because of light, we're able to see that there's 100 or estimated 100 billion galaxies. So we're to recognize that we have talents, gifts, we, an analogy, is that's a salt and a light. The salt makes our world more tasty. Your gifts add to life, to what we do in our world. There's a people with amazing gifts. And there's people who are light, that is then projecting out and making things more clear. And honestly, that's what all Christians are to be. That was not a, like a, gosh, Jesus saying, I wish you could be salt, I wish you could be light. No, be salt be light, like a commandment. And you're not sure how, well, Isaiah gave a great example in the first reading of all these things that we can do, these acts, these good acts to help those who are in need. But be careful. If we're doing those things so that we get accolades, whatever attempt that we made to be humble is no longer humble. 
In fact, we need to make sure that we are careful about this because imagine if humility is the bullseye of a dartboard, we struggle to stay on the center. We tend to go one side and say, I'm pond scum, I'm not worth living. On the other side, we're like, I'm the greatest. I know everything about that topic. Really? We know what it looks like when we bump into arrogance. These are two extremes that we have to deal with. But we're called to be still light and salt. That means serving. But for whom? Well, in actually the scriptures we hear in, let's see here, I got it. In, uh, let me get here, my notes here. Proverbs 22, 4. Humility is defined as fear of the Lord. In the gospel, we do all these things for the glory of God. So there we have it. So not to be afraid of God, but to recognize that God is above us. He is great. And to be honored, to be respected. And that means we have to be humble. We have to recognize we're lower than God. And the amazing thing is that this is the brain buster, that God became human. He lowered himself to become like us. He humbled himself, the scriptures tell us, to be like us. He came down to earth to be like us. So, we're not pond scum. We're broken. And we're amazingly beautiful and gifted, but also we're not all that sometimes, right? So what's the solution? I propose this. To know who you are as God has created you. To know who you are as God has created you. Not to make up something, but to allow him to reveal himself to you. Spend your service, time in service. Give yourself away. In fact, the more we try to feed ourselves, the more starving we are. Anybody who struggles with narcissism knows this. And in Matthew 10, verse 39, we hear, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There it is. This is the secret. So forget about ourselves. Let's go do something for the good of others and for the glory of God. Do not expect anything back. Have just the fact that we've done it is a good thing, and it gives glory to God. For God loves a cheerful giver. So as I close, I go back to the question I started with. Who is humble in your life? And hopefully, it's you. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.